You have found the Lions College Football Podcast for Championship Week. The final spots in the college football playoff will be decided. Conference championships are on the line. For that, we have brought in the Lions College Football writer, Brett Gibbons. My name is Steven Andress, and we're going to look at some of the big games this week. We're also going to look at the college football playoff picture to see if there are any bets to make before the top four are revealed after these uh, ultimate games here in each of the conferences to figure out who the top four are going to be. Brett, how are you, my friend? And I'm sorry for your loss last week in the horseshoe. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Uh, I've had plenty of time to recover. Uh, what was a nice boost to that was a uh, Purdue 7-1 to Big Ten West ticket. There we go. Cashed. That shouldn't have, but it did. So that made my day a little bit better. I'm just ready to talk about some conference championships. I love it. I love it. Before we get into the actual matchups here this week, let's talk a little bit about where we stand now in the college football playoff rankings. The top four, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, the three undefeated teams, and then USC right now holding that four spot with the Pac-12 championship on the line. But what you found were some interesting spots here in the odds to win the national championship still. In particular, your Ohio State Buckeyes, who have gotten a little bit of steam here the past couple of days, despite not being in the top four and not having any more games yet to play. Yeah, it is interesting. Ohio State is third right now in terms of odds to win the title. Uh, if you look at Bet MGM, I guess they're tied for third with USC. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see them above the teams in the actual top four right now because it is a win and in scenario with all of them and I still personally think even if TCU loses this Big 12 championship game, that they are going to make the playoff. Now, what I think this number is based on is there is a very clear path for Ohio State to get in. If TCU loses big or even if we have a 2014 situation where TCU loses and they just put Ohio State in anyway, or if USC loses to Utah, which could happen. I mean, they lost to Utah already this year, but we'll talk about that. Um, I think this number comes from the fact that Ohio State is better built. I don't know if that's really the right word, but they're more proven and more trustworthy to make a title run should they make the playoff than odds makers for TCU or USC. And I'm sorry to TCU fans and USC fans listening to this. That's just what the market is telling me. I'm not sitting here telling you that Ohio State is a better team to make championship and that USC and TCU cannot. That's not what I'm saying. But the market is telling me that they believe Ohio State is a team that matches up better against the teams in the field uh, and that can make a title run. Yeah, I agree with you. I think you you make the perfect point there that this is not necessarily about who's actually going to make the playoff, but who can actually make some noise once they make the playoff, right? Because, I mean, TCU, if they play Michigan, are going to be a sizable underdog, I would assume. USC against Georgia is going to probably be more than a touchdown underdog against, against UGA. So, um that we've seen this in past years, right? People trying to find that fourth team in the playoff at long odds, even as, as early as the preseason. And then what are you going to do when they get there when they're a 14-point dog? We've seen it with Washington one year, get their butts kicked in the in the semifinals. We've seen it with other Big 12 teams that came in at long numbers to win the national championship. And when, then once they finally get there, they get their butts kicked. So that's the equation here that we need to consider with the college football playoff. And one other note here, Books are still putting Alabama as available here, and I don't want to say it's disingenuous, <laughs> but I, I mean, even if all these teams lose, how do they get in? There's, there's really no way, and and the 
the committee told us that on Tuesday night uh, by putting them behind Ohio State. So even if TCU and USC both lose, Alabama, right? They're not going to jump them, right? I, I think this is really just some garbage that is out there that is trying to get a few tickets uh, and people are like, wow, Alabama 60 to one this late in the game. Well, I could see them, but they're not getting it. <laughs> the committee's telling us they're not getting it. Unless USC and TCU lose by 40 points a piece. I don't see a world in that. And even, even if they do lose by 40 points a piece, there should not be a world in which Alabama makes a playoff. That's my personal opinion. Uh, probably not based so much in reality with the way that we've seen the committee rank these teams. But I, I just... I think there's a market on them because they're six, because they're within quote unquote striking distance. I don't see a world in which they even make the playoffs. So don't, don't bet Alabama. And also I wouldn't bet Ohio state either because they, they're not playing. They don't control their own destiny. So you're putting a flyer on one of these teams to lose. And then on top of that, the committee to believe that that loss is worthy of taking them out of the playoff altogether. So I wouldn't bet them at their current odds personally, even though there are, there is variation. There's 11 to one at, at MGM. There's eight to one out there. It's, I still wouldn't touch it. My opinion of the the chaos situation here, if USC and TCU both lose, then USC has two losses. Ohio State jumps them. Then you're in a situation where TCU has one loss and Alabama has two losses. And I still think they take TCU in that case. Yeah, we had a discussion about it in Discord yesterday um, that – TCU has a higher strength of schedule than either Michigan or Ohio State. They have the most ranked wins in the country. And when, when you look at overall top to bottom power ratings, the Big 12 is actually the highest power rated conference by multiple outlets this season because they're just solid. They, they don't have, you know, the Alabama and Georgia or the Ohio State and Michigan, but they're so solid through and through. And even the bottom of the conference is still has a pulse you don't have your Rutgers or your Indianas or your Northwesterns in there uh, or your Vanderbilt or whatever, but it's TCU has the resume and the committee has told me that they are now ranking on resume and they should. And to say that TCU isn't a top four team at this juncture is basing it on their helmet and, and really nothing else because everything else tells me that they are. Yeah, fair points. Last thing I'll say is is there's a couple books putting LSU still in the futures. Just oh, ignore God. it. They yeah. have three losses. Doesn't matter if they beat yeah. Georgia. Just it's it's a ridiculous thing for the books to put that number there. So do not even think about betting LSU in the futures here. I agree. And if and if you followed uh, Steven's suggestion of a rolling parlay with TCU, hey, look looking pretty good instead of betting there to make the playoff title. So. All they have to do is beat Kansas State this weekend. We'll talk about that game. I love it. But first, we are going to talk about the Pac-12 championship game between Utah and USC. This one being contested in Nevada, the great state of Las Vegas. Everything <laughs> great about it except for the fact that you can't deposit online on your sportsbook apps. Get on that, Nevada. What are we doing? Friday night. 8 p.m. kickoff on Fox. USC a three-point favorite on the neutral field, over-under of 67 in this game after the wild first matchup that ended in a two-point conversion in the win in Utah first time around in a blackout. Yeah, this is the game with the biggest implications, I think. Uh, the American also has really big implications in terms of New Year, uh, New Year's six eligibility, but this one has the most cut-and-dry USC, you win and you are in the college football playoff. That is the 
there, there's no chance that that's going to shake up because the committee ranked them fourth already. Um, and if they lose, we're probably looking like a Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl bid for them. Still a New Year's Six. Still a, a fun team to watch. Um, okay, so Utah, if they win, they should be in the Rose Bowl because of the default Pac-12 championship uh, champion Sorry, goes to the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. If they lose... There is an interesting set of like parameters that the Rose Bowl can choose who they want if they believe a team has played too recently or if it would create a not exciting matchup. So because that got out last night, I don't think Utah or Ohio State's going to go to the Rose Bowl here. So if Utah loses, they're going to be falling and they're going to be falling probably outside a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, which kind of sucks. So I think there's a lot on the line for both teams here. It's that's pretty evident outside of even just Pac-12 championship. Um, and like you mentioned, Utah already beat USC. If you watch that game, it was pretty wild. And I don't know if I'm going to roll the dice on that kind of outcome happening again. It was in Rice Ecclestein, which when we previewed the game, we talked about being it being one of the hardest places to play a football game on the road. And that is absolutely true. You take that out of the equation now. It's a neutral field. There's going to be a lot of fans from both sides in Las Vegas. It's an easy city to get to. So you're going to have a lot of representation. So I don't think that Utah is going to have the same home field boost that they did before. And USC was actually like in control of most of the game. It was late in the fourth quarter. Again, 48 seconds left. Utah goes for two ends up being a winning play, which was great. Uh, Caleb Williams threw for 381 yards and five freaking touchdowns. Um, And it wasn't a lot of like downfield touchdowns. It was a lot of intermediate throws, throws, uh, seven routes, flag routes to the corner. Mm -hmm. And then uh, a lot of backfield motion to Jordan Addison to, at the time, uh, Travis died before he got hurt. Kind of out of the backfield stuff that Utah didn't really have an answer for. And I don't know if they have an answer for it now because they don't have the linebacking core or like a box safety that can play that kind of, you know, you're going to match up against Jordan Addison. Good luck. Not a lot of guys can. Um, the play calling, especially in the red zone, was just terrific by USC. And I think they continue that because there's no reason to fix what ain't broke. They were an offensive machine in that game. And Utah's defense isn't very good, but it's not so bad as USC made them look that game. So we know about USC's defense. Incredible turnover luck. Uh, they do force turnovers, but like this, the, the metric on how many fumbles they recover, the rate of that. It's it's un, unprecedented <laughs> and we keep saying it's going to regress to the mean, but it hasn't yet. Uh, and then they're just terrible elsewhere. Uh, 115th or worse in just about every EPA metric per play metric. They're they're uh, they're a tough watch. I wouldn't bet Utah in the situation away from home, uh, especially the way that the last game went. But because of USC's defensive propensity to not do anything and that Utah still has capable playmakers in Cam Rising, uh, Tavian Thomas is still going to play in this game, even though he is declaring for the NFL draft. I probably wouldn't bet either side on this three. Now, if that number moves below three before kickoff and you can get a USC two and a half. That's what I want to ask you right now, because as we record right now, if you go to lines.com under the odds tab under NCAA football, you click on the weekly lines button. You can compare the numbers across all the sports books. As we record right now, FanDuel is offering a two and a half on USC juice to minus 120. Nah, I don't. I don't like laying 120s. It's not. uh, It's just not exciting to me. Um, in terms of push rate, you're probably paying 10 cents for a, let me verify, uh, this is bad podcasting, but you're you're paying 10 cents for about, uh, well, 12 cent boost. So if you want to, it is a slight plus EV play, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't love laying minus 120 in, in terms of sides. If we can get that down a little bit more, maybe a 115, I'd pull the trigger on. Uh, but again, if, if 
there's no harm in waiting basically because either it's going to go to two and a half or it's not. And if it doesn't go to two and a half and you don't bet it, then you didn't just, you know, put down a ticket just for the sake of it. And if it does flash to two and a half, then you get the better side. Yeah. I, I lean USC here. I think that, I mean, that atmosphere when they played Utah the first time was an all timer. It wasn't just that it was a big game. It was a blackout. The Utah roster was playing for their two fallen teammates. They gave the game balls to the the mothers of those two lost players after the game. The entire community of that football team rallied around and, and just played an unbelievably emotional game. And it went down right to the wire. So USC to me, Solomon Person person at Autzen Stadium when they played Oregon, that offense was having a lot of trouble against the Oregon defense. And I don't know if they can keep up this time around with the USC offense. So, and and it's not like the Utah defense did anything to stop the USC offense the first time around either. It was a complete shootout in that game. So, I lean USC here uh, with it being such a high total of sixty six and a half to sixty eight, depending on where you shop. Um, I'm not too concerned about trying to get a two and a half, but I will say this: total so high pretty decent chance that at some point early Utah is going to get a small lead or drive the ball down if they get the ball first and that might be when you get your live number on USC under three here so that might be the the, the best angle here you're risking USC getting out to a, an early lead and, and losing the number altogether um, but we saw them fall behind against UCLA as well in that rivalry game so um, that's probably my angle, Brett, is just wait for a live number here under three on USC because it's it's a decent shot. We get it with such a high total here. Yeah, always good with that. And and one thing that the USC offense didn't show that game at all, Caleb Williams didn't really run a lot. He had a big run at the beginning of the game, but he finished with 57 total rushing yards, eight rushes. This guy has 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that wasn't something that was something in his bag that he didn't need to use because the protection up front was really good that game. There wasn't a lot of pressure on him. Uh, duh, he threw for 380 and, and five. There's not a ton of pressure going on there, mm-hmm. but there there is still that outlet that like if Utah does get after them, they still haven't seen Caleb Williams run the daylights out of the ball like he can. So he's a great off script quarterback. Again, we didn't really see that last game. That worries me. If you can get a quarterback that is on script all game, so pointed and has no, uh, you know, no, no trouble whatsoever, but can get those off script plays when you finally get him off script, good luck getting him down. I, I don't trust us or Utah rather to stop USC's offense either. Let's move on to the Big 12 championship game between Kansas State and TCU. TCU, we think, may not even need to win this game to make the playoff. We'll see how that goes. But regardless, they know they have to win to guarantee a spot in the playoff. And the Horn Frogs are two-and-a-half-point favorites here at AT&T Stadium in Jerry World down in, in the Dallas metro area. 61-and-a-half is the total. With it being at AT&T Stadium, you bet your behinds that TCU's fans are going to make that short trip over to check out this game. So I'm guessing a pretty heavy TCU crowd here. So if you're you know trying to do anything for home field advantage, it is a neutral field, but I, I would expect – a ton of TCU fans in the stadium here. But yeah, two and a halfs across the board here. I think this is up from one and a half earlier in the week. I kind of like it. Anything under three here, Brett, I don't know about you. It feels like the market still continues to not give enough respect to TCU. And we have a total between 61 and a half and, and 62. 
Yeah, last time that I bet TCU and was is, was really passionate about it, it didn't really work out because uh, <laughs> yeah, that that it, that didn't go too well. They almost did. They they probably could have did, but whatever. Uh, yeah, in in terms of this being a home game for TCU, uh, I would give a full home field boost in this line mm. because it's not just the fans. It's these players are going to sleep in their own beds and they only have a, you know, at most 40 minute commute. If there's traffic uh, down 820 to to t stadium from Fort Worth, fans can show up. Fans will be energized. We, we talk about that um, again, though. It's a lot about they don't have the travel inconveniences that you normally would with an uh, with an away game. So or a neutral site game. So I'm treating this like a full on TCU home game. Because it just kind of is. Will there be a lot of Kansas State fans there? Sure. Yeah, of course. They they don't make it to the Big 12 championship game all that often. Um, TCU winning in. Lose. Let's not give them a reason. To, <laughs> let's let's not give them a reason to try it and guess here. Uh, but yeah, I would assume that they probably would still make the playoff. Boy, if you put in Ohio State over TCU again, 2014 all over again, the city of Fort Worth is going to burn to the ground. So Will Howard is going to be starting for Kansas State. That came out uh, earlier this week in place of Adrian Martinez, who's been battling injury. But Will Howard has been playing so well. He has 13 touchdowns, just two interceptions in five games this year. There's really no reason to go away from him. It's kind of like the Baylor game from last year where Gary Bohannon got hurt and they put in uh, Blake Shapin. And Blake Shapin played so well that Gary Bohannon was good to go in that Big 12 championship game, but they just rode the hot hand to a victory. So I see Kansas State doing a very similar thing here. Um, Last time that they played, TCU was just torn up by intermediate throws early in the game. They gave up 28 first half points, and then they gave up exactly 0.0 in the second half. It was a it was a tale of two halves. They also ran their terrific running back, Kendra Miller, 29 times for 153 yards and two touchdowns. So I think we're going to see another run-heavy approach because they had so, so much success up front with it, even against a really good Kansas State uh, front four, front seven. Um, but one thing Kansas State did really well was they contained Quinn and Johnson that taking the top off receiver. He had a 55-yard touchdown, but outside of that, he caught three balls for 19 yards. That is not very good. I think that they're going to be able to uh, contain him again, but I'd like to see TCU get back to him a little bit more there. Uh, And if they can, it's going to be a much easier game for them. Uh, If I lean anywhere, I'm actually going to lean under this total. We're looking at 62 points. I can see this as being a heavier defensive battle. TCU's defense, just kind of like the stigma around them is, well, they're really bad. No, they're really not. They've been playing out of their minds the past three, four games. If you go back and look, they're playing really well right now. And when you play really well and you have this momentum riding it into the conference championship, I think they're going to have another good defensive outing. I don't see this being a high shootout. Maybe like a lot of people think TCU games typically are, um, and Kansas State, they feel the top 30 defense of their own. So in terms of EPA, advanced metrics. So I think two pretty solid defenses. Maybe TCU is going to lean into that run a little bit more. Kansas State was really good about the quarterback run with Will Howard not going away from that, even though Adrian Martinez wasn't back there taking snaps. So when you get into that kind of run off, uh, <laughs> not, no pun intended there, but, but when you run the ball a lot with a couple of good defenses, 62 is a lot of points. Now, I understand that TCU is a home run hitter and can score on at, at, at any time. So if you don't have the iron gut really to do that and you want to see how the game plays out, you could bet a live total. And if it looks like it's going to be more of that defensive standoff uh, and, and more run heavy game than the market expects, maybe that 62 is a little lethargic to go down out of the gate. Or if you see that they've hit on a couple of plays or attempted a couple of downfield plays and it's lethargic to go up, you know, I think a live play on the total here is is definitely an option. 
I don't think I mentioned it off the top. This game is noon on Saturday on ABC yes. for those looking to to watch and bet Kansas State and TCU in the Big 12 title game. The SEC championship between three-loss LSU and undefeated Georgia. Four o'clock Eastern time kickoff on CBS. Total of 51 in this one. Line is Georgia 17 and a half as a favorite for the dogs. But that number is starting to disappear as we record here on Wednesday morning. There is an 18 at points bet. There is an 18 and a half with low juice at FanDuel Sportsbook. Can't say I'm surprised, Brett, but uh, it's a big number for Georgia, and we're going to see that every game they play the rest of the season. Yeah, it was interesting. Earlier in the week, it actually came down to 16 and a half, and the second it hit 16 and a half, that sucker took off. And I don't think it's looking back. So if you can find that 16 and a half again, the market is telling you, take that number with Georgia. Uh, but I don't know if we're going to see it again because, like you said, 18, 18 and a half, we're relying on, you know, a lot of market movements come back. This game is actually really inconsequential for Georgia uh, outside of the, well, we like to see our first SEC championship since 2017. Uh, but win or lose are in the playoff. There's no question about that. I, I don't think that they're going to get they're going to drop from one to five, even if they lose by 25 in this game. I, I, just, right. I just don't see that happening. Um, LSU. This is fun. They have 16.8 implied team points because we have a 51 point over under with uh, actually that's even down now for hitting that 18 and a half. Uh, yeah. So under 17 implied team points. That's not ideal uh, for winning football games or keeping it close. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Jaden Daniels in this one because LSU can't really run the ball very well. Uh, they're 77th in rush EPA and Georgia is just about first in every rushing category. So I don't think that they're going to line the ball up and, and try to run. I think they're going to try to put it in Jane Daniels hands, get to the edges, maybe create some uh, chaos, see something break loose. Unfortunately with Georgia this year, we haven't seen that work. We haven't really seen a lot work against them. I know the Tennessee game uh, turned into a mud fest, but Tennessee's offense just wasn't moving the ball whatsoever, even before it started raining. Uh, and Brian Kelly uh, is just awful in big spots. Just awful. Abysmal. Oh, and five in New Year's six playoff and BCS championship games. Uh, he has a citrus bowl win. Sure. That, <laughs> that's fun. Congrats. That's about the biggest. Yeah, it's the biggest bowl win that he has. Uh, he's just terrible in these big kind of games. And this is his first conference championship in forever and first SEC championship ever. I don't like the coaching spot here. I kind of feel like he's going to absolutely melt uh, in this spot. And I'm not betting on that. I absolutely wouldn't bet uh, LSU to cover this point total or point spread unless we get up over three touchdowns just because of I've seen Brian Kelly with my two eyes get blown out in these exact spots. Um, and I know Georgia doesn't have a ton to play for. Conference championship, pretty nice spot there. Um, but I also don't like laying big numbers in championship spots just as kind of a personal thing because you you, just, you get the best out of every team. Uh, that said, Georgia's probably the right side. Wait for 16 and a half if you can. I don't think that that's going to come back down based on what we see. Uh yeah, that, that's that's kind of where I stand on this one. I'm not really betting it. I just kind of wanted to talk over, you know, the numbers and imagine putting this out without the SEC championship talk. Personally, I was shocked that Brian Kelly lost to the Texas A&M last week when he still had a shot to make the college football playoff. I mean, Melts totally like out of butter. character, Brett. Totally that. Yeah. Totally out of character. <laughs> yeah. That no, I it was it was more so out of character for a Texas A&M team that's like completely out of everything and is completely phoned it in. They've got their tickets booked to wherever they're going in the offseason. Uh one, two, three Cancun team, as we like to call them. Um, <laughs> and still got up for 37 points against LSU. The fact that that reality exists is the very reason why I will not bet LSU 
if someone else hands me $100 and says, go bet anything you want, I'm not betting LSU. No. You're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Fair enough. Let's move on to the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, as they do not like to be called. It is the American Championship game between UCF and Tulane. Tulane, a three-point favorite here. 4 p.m. kickoff on ABC on Saturday. Total of 56 and a half in this one, Brett. Yeah, this is not a neutral spot game. This is actually at Tulane in Yulman Stadium because they beat Cincinnati last week. They won the bid. The American still does the top seed hosting. I kind of like that. I Um, love it. Yeah, and this game has a ton of consequence behind it because the winner of this game is going to go to the Cotton Bowl. Based on the, the playoff rankings that we saw come out Tuesday, whoever wins this game goes to the Cotton Bowl, and that's a really big deal for these teams. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're going to get the best out of both here. And UCF, they already beat Tulane in New Orleans three weeks ago, in fact. John Rice Plumley just dominated the Tulane defense, 176 yards on the ground, three total touchdowns. I think he was up over 300 total yards. Um, basically, what they did was they just ran everybody to the edge, watched those Tulane linebackers leave, and uh, John Rice Plumley, the Red Sea parted in front of him, and he just ran quarterback draws all day. Uh, and Tulane had absolutely no answer for it. And, and there's not really a reason to believe that they won't just go right back to that. Did Tulane make an adjustment to stop that? Sure. Maybe they could put a, a linebacker uh, spy in there, but easier said than done with John Rice Pumley. Uh, and Tulane, just a terrible rushing defense all the way around. Uh, 110th in EPA per rush. Not ideal. And last time UCF won this game, they tried to give it away. They were in control of this game most of the time. There was a couple of scores late for Tulane to pull it within a touchdown. Uh, but this was one that we highlighted on the podcast as, as taking UCF money line in that and, and a hit, which is pretty good. So I'm going to go back to UCF money line, but it's because we're getting a plus EV play. You can find plus 145 at DraftKings as of Wednesday, late uh, morning, early afternoon. That's a plus EV play because if you convert three points, that's about plus 137 on the money line. Uh, an eight cent boost there is always juicy to take. That's why I'm going to go money line, not points. Uh, that and also I believe that UCF is still the better team. Uh, you know, Tulane counters with Tajay Spears. He's an awesome running back. He, he did get loose last time. Uh, he only had like eight rushes for 16.2 yards per carry. So he was pretty effective. Uh, and they didn't do a lot of running those a team because they got down early to UCF and they kind of had to throw the ball to get back into it. But I just don't really see a whole lot of difference in these teams as, as the week 11 iteration. And it wasn't a fluke that UCF won that game. They were the better team. Uh, Tulane probably shouldn't have even beat Cincinnati last week. The Cincinnati shot themselves in the foot with drops and Evan Prater like slid before first downs a couple of times, uh, had some miscues, some picks. So I think UCF is a better team. We're getting a plus EV play on the money line. So I'm taking UCF money line. ACC championship game has Clemson against North Carolina. This is in primetime, 8 p.m. kickoff Eastern time on ABC. Clemson, a seven and a half point favorite. 
total of 63 and a half in this one. This one at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, it looks like. Yeah, home, home, home of the Panthers. Yes, they that's where they play this one. Uh, the winner goes to the Orange Bowl because neither of them are in college football playoff contention anymore. Uh, if a book is showing you Clemson title odds, they're no, <laughs> they're, they're completely <laughs> out of it. They are done out of it. Interestingly, this line on Wednesday moved off of seven uh, to seven and a half. That's a 14% push rate. It's a 14% boost. Uh, so that's a pretty big deal that it moved, you know, that slight half point in terms of Clemson, especially after what we watched last week with the Tigers. Um, but North Carolina is actually on a two game losing streak. And that's after they cleansed a spot in the ACC championship. Is it related? Yeah. Probably the double look ahead. Maybe they got out to a 17 uh, to zero lead against Georgia Tech. But I went back and watched these two games between uh, Georgia Tech and then NC State last week. North Carolina's tackles just got whooped up and down. They they got beat. Uh, Drake May was ineffective because he had uh, defensive pass rushers breathing down his neck all game. Um, and also the Tar Heels went run heavy those two games. And I'm not really sure why on the season. They're not really a run first team. Uh I, I don't know why you would go away from your young future Heisman contending quarterback uh, and Josh Downs uh, first team all ACC this season to run the football, especially when your tackles are getting killed like that. Maybe they know that their tackles are going to get beat. Um, and I have bad news for UNC fans. You're going up against Clemson's defensive line. Uh, so I don't really like the matchup between Clemson's defensive line and these North Carolina tackles. I think that Clemson's going to be able to generate a lot of pressure here, uh, especially if UNC's offensive line keeps playing the way that does the past two games that they've lost outright two teams. They not, uh, should not have lost to outright whatsoever. I'm not touching the full game spread on this. I took the Clemson first half last week, was very happy to see it cash, but then Clemson just fell off the face of the earth against South Carolina. We all watched that game. We all saw what happened. Uh, Clemson came back. So I'm not betting this full game because of North Carolina's propensity to be able to get it going. And from what I've seen, Clemson just fall flat down the, down the stretch here. So, uh, and, and good God, don't run any more of those huddle fake return things that ended up in a, in a, uh, fumble. Cause that ended up losing them the game too. So, uh, <laughs> I don't like the funny business from Clemson. Uh, and so I really don't like them on this side of seven. Uh, but I'm also not betting North Carolina plus seven and a half, just because this offensive line has just been, they, they've just been dog walked the past couple of weeks. Fair enough. Yeah. The, uh, this one has been kind of steady here. It's been, you know, you said it moved off the seven, but we've been pretty stable now at this point, you can shop around, get less juice as we record on Wednesday morning. DraftKings has only minus one Oh five on the Clemson side. You can get that same, less juice on North Carolina on the other books, if, if that's what you want. So again, shop around, make sure that you find the best available odds. Okay, final game that we're going to talk about here on Championship Week is the Big Ten Championship between Purdue and Michigan. This one being played at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Michigan, a big 16.5 point favorite, total of 51.5 in this one after the Wolverines pulled the very impressive upset over Ohio State last week. Yeah, this... 
it, this is not only like the least consequential game on the slate, but it's probably the least interesting as well. Uh, Clum, or Michigan is a big favorite. It's kind of stayed that way. There's really not been much market movement here. Uh, Purdue's not really playing for anything. Maybe the Reliquist Bowl or the Quick Lane Bowl or whatever they'll make after this. Well, uh, they're it, playing for a Big Ten championship, but you know. Okay, yeah, all right, you're right. You're right. I'm completely <laughs> dismissing that. But that's I mean, because a 17 point dog though. So, <laughs> but that's because in my head, I think Michigan wins this one pretty handily. Uh, this game is inconsequential for Michigan, besides taking home a, a second consecutive Big Ten title. Uh, which hurts my heart to see, but that's okay. Uh, win or lose, they're going to be in the playoff. I, I really do see that um, just because they have that win over Ohio State to be like, okay, well, you know, whatever. We'll throw the Big Ten game out. I don't think that's going to happen. Purdue's implied for uh, 17.5 team points. It's going to take a lot more than that to beat Michigan. I don't even know if they'll get to 17 and a half, to be honest. I, yeah, I'm, I mean... I'm happy because Purdue's here. That's great. I'm really excited about it because I got a, a plus 700 on them preseason, which is uh, fun. But other than that, it's just I, I think Michigan just walks all over them. Um, Purdue's pretty good defensively. Offensively, they're bad. Uh, outside the top 100 in rush EPA, that's not going to get done against Michigan. The only reason Ohio State was competitive in that first half against Michigan was because they could run the ball and stop Michigan's run. I don't believe Purdue can replicate that. I think it's going to look more like the second half against Ohio State. Uh, and Michigan is the best offense Purdue's faced by miles. If you go back and look like statistically, Penn State, pretty decent offense, uh, you know, inconsistent at times, but they lost to Penn State uh, at home. And then uh, Florida Atlantic, I believe, is like the, the next statistically best offense that they've played all season. Uh, don't love that. So the fact that Michigan's coming out here with an explosive offense that we've seen, they may not even have to play Blake Horn. They could just wait him another few weeks uh, ahead of the, the semifinal game that they're inevitably going to play. Uh, so maybe Michigan takes Purdue too lightly and they cover this. Uh, I just 16 and a half points. I, d I don't like either side here. And I know I know that's not what people want to hear, uh, but I, we did need to talk about it. This inconsequential game. Uh, and also, I want to feel better about picking Purdue seven one in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you Purdue's done their job. They've cashed the ticket for you. So they do, well, um, uh, I think Iowa cast the ticket for me more so by fair. dropping a game that they absolutely should not have. But uh, here we are anyway. Yeah, at least it's to, to end on a dud because we have uh, the least consequential, probably the least interesting game of, of the slate here happening in Indianapolis. Last question before we wrap up here. Michigan is the second choice of national championship odds. We saw what Georgia did to them last year in the college football playoff. In your mind, is there any chance if they meet again, Michigan can can beat Georgia this time around? Sure. I, I really do because we've seen Georgia be vulnerable. They're not this invulnerable, only losses to Nick Saban, and Alabama in the SEC championship game type of deal. Uh, you know, the Missouri kept it close by playing scrappy. And I, I think Michigan can replicate that kind of effort. We saw Kent State taken by surprise. Now, I, I don't think in a semifinal that Michigan would be taking Georgia by surprise. But in that's terms my of, thing, right? Because in the big games this year, they have not slept walk through that, right? You have a, the opening game against Oregon. They won 49 to three. They had the game where it was one versus two against Tennessee. They won by two touchdowns and maybe could have won by more. So that's, that's my thing, right? They're not going to, they're not going to sleep or come in sleepy in a, in a college football national championship game. No, they shouldn't. Uh, but in, in terms of where Michigan was ineffective against Georgia last year, 
is they couldn't throw the ball. Well, they can throw the ball this year. They have JJ McCarthy's. Yeah, we saw it against Ohio State. They put one, they what single high safety up there and they started throwing deep on them, right? They put no safeties up there because Jim (laughs) Knowles brought the house every time and they did not make that adjustment. Uh, That that was really just more of a matchup night. But they're more willing to throw the ball downfield this year than they were last year. Uh, I don't think that Harbaugh is going to go into a game against Georgia saying, you know what sounds really good? Let's run between the tackles 40 times. Uh, You're just, you're not going to win that way. can they beat them? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I really do think that they can. Because again, this isn't a Georgia team with 15 NFL draft picks on it. I don't believe Maybe they might sell 10, but <laughs> you know, it's it's a much better matchup. I think this year, the philosophy that Michigan's had on offense this season is a lot better to be able to beat that. Um, but let's not preview it too much. Let, yeah, let's, let's, let's preview let's it if and when it. it happens. Yeah, let's save it for when it happens. Could be an interesting spot to take the points on Michigan because I I would assume they'd still be about a touchdown underdog in this game. I mean, yeah. so so I'm I'm gathering from what you're saying. You know, I've we there's been some talk around college football betting Twitter um, with Georgia being anywhere between minus 150 to minus 177 right now to win the national championship which implies a 60 to 64% chance of winning the title that you don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion that that Georgia is going to win this. Not a foregone conclusion. No, absolutely not. I mean, we've talked about foregone conclusions in the past with past Alabama and past Clemson teams and they lose. Uh, So, you know, this isn't a 2019 LSU. This isn't a 2021 Georgia situation where it's like, okay, yeah, this team is playing a different sport than everybody else. Uh, I I don't, I don't see that. So, okay. would I bet it though at 64%? I mean, that's assuming that, you know, if you had like a three team playoff that they're, they're my, it, it, the math makes sense in my head here. I didn't write it down. I probably should have, but you know, they're going to win two out of every three championships with this team against this field. I, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, yeah, for sure. One out of every three times they don't. Sure. I, I don't, I actually don't mind laying a, a minus one fifty, but I know that on like a future with the championship kind of stuff, especially before the sec title game injuries, stuff like that. Uh, I would not actually bet it, but it's an interesting bet mathematically to make. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not going to lay such a heavy price here with potential injuries in a violent sport still to come here the next couple of weeks. So uh, I'm with you on that, but I just wanted to get your opinion on on who their top rival would be. And it seems you you agree that it would be Michigan here if they were to meet uh, in the college football playoffs. So we'll we'll break that down game if break that game down if and when it comes, Brett. Yes, yes, we will. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. As always, hit the Discord button, top right-hand corner of the lines.com homepage. We have now more than 4,000 people talking sports betting on a daily basis. You can go to the Roll server, opt in for push notifications anytime anybody on our staff makes a bet. They're coming in every day of the week, it seems, and and NFL bets, um, golf bets, college football bets from Brett Gibbons here. It's been fun stuff, so be sure to do that. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Let us know in the comments who you are betting on this week, whether you think Georgia can be beat for the national championship and who is most likely to do the job. And hit that like button if you enjoyed the content as well. We appreciate it. For Brett Gibbons, I'm Steven Andress. Thanks for watching. Best of luck with your championship week bets in college football.